everyone welcome back to swiping sunday i hope something great happens to you today and you enjoy this episode this week i sit down with a woman that i met three years ago in greece we've kept in touch through social media and she was brave enough to open up to me about her recent separation we talk about realities of emotional abuse gaslighting and accepting the love that you think that you deserve if you're struggling i hope that this helps you find help and if you know someone or think you know someone struggling i hope this helps you speak up i'm so happy to have you on i know I finally talked to you i know it's so <laughs> weird it's such a strange world we live in but we met in greece and i haven't seen you in literally how many years two and a half years two and a half was it or, or, or three 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 june and three right that is so strange mm-hmm. i don't understand how it's been that long but I immediately knew you were a genuine person and we've kept in touch, which I'm so happy about. We've talked about just struggles during COVID. We opened up a little bit with each other and you recently went through a divorce. I did. So I'm- <laughs> Well, separation <laughs> technically. Uh, oh, okay. Like more weeks until I can file. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> so also, how old are you? I don't know how old you are, I'm if you don't mind. I'm 29 in a month. So you met your husband in high school, right? You guys were friends. Yeah, so we became friends when a mutual friend had passed away. He got hit by a drunk driver. So oh, my ex sorry. was famous for making terrible first impressions. So I had wasn't really close to him before that. And like we, he was younger than me. I never really had uh, a reason to talk to him, but he was friends with girls I played volleyball with. So mm-hmm. um, after that friend passed away, like it kind of cut through the bullshit. Like I met him when he was vulnerable and we were just became like instant friends. Um, and we were friends for like five, six years before, like, and I was never attracted to him. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. Started playing university football and he got like a real haircut instead of a buzz cut. And I was like, oh, you're cute. He had a a great bod. I was like, oh yeah, married a six pack. Like that's my bad. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like he was the one friend that I could tell him anything. And he, he's who he is. Like we all know him. Um, And he would do something to piss me off and then just wait me out. Like he knew that I was so forgiving that eventually I'd be. As friends even. Yeah, even as friends, like he'd do something, like he'd come up for St. Patty's and do something stupid and like I'd just get over it after a while. He'd just wait me out, I'd get over it. And I, like before that, when I dated guys, I was very much um, like three strikes, you're done. Like very strong, like I'm not putting up with this, I'm not wasting my time. Like if you're not going to treat me right, I'm done. If I don't like this, I'm done. Like it's university, I'm not. Like, yeah. Matter. So, but we didn't get together until I was writing my CPA exams. I was out of university. And I, in my mind, was like, well, this is someone I can always forgive. Like, I've always had this place in my heart for him. Like, I was just very much. You've had a thing for him. Yeah. But I, I was like, well, I must. Like, I, there wasn't like this huge, passionate draw. Like, I was attracted to him once, like, he was doing really well at university. Like, I'm, I'm always attracted to confidence, and he's a very mm-hmm. confident person. Mm-hmm. So, I think that was kind of what hooked me. And then I was doing my exams. He came to visit. We slept together, and I was like, oh, okay, this is this a thing. thing real. <laughs> yeah. So, then two years later, we got engaged. And, like, there were, we were long distance for a year. So, like, you can kind of hide a lot of who you are from someone. And I'm working all the time. Like I was doing tax. So like I worked crazy hours and he mm-hmm. was at university, just living the dream. So it was an easy relationship for me because I have more of that like avoidant attachment style. Like mm-hmm. I don't need to be kind of on top of each one. other. Yeah. Like I'm okay with that. So he um, moved home, moved to my hometown. He did high school here, but he wasn't actually from here. His family wasn't here anymore. Um, I bought a house. He moved in, like we rented it. He moved in and then 
like seven months later, I guess, or maybe a year later, we got engaged while I was applying to med school. <laughs> oh my I God. Crisis and I was like, I don't want to be an accounting or quarter life crisis. I don't want to be an accounting. I want to be a doctor. I'm going to apply. I, was I didn't know this part. Out. Yeah. I was super, super stressed out trying to get my application together. Like I wanted it so, so badly. Like I wanted to be a doctor forever. I wish I didn't have a shitty science teacher growing up, but, um, yeah, so he got me up to my parents' house for dinner, and I had already said multiple times that day, like, no, I'm not going. I'm working on my application. Like, what do you not get? Like, just listen to me. Like, you mm-hmm. never listen. <laughs> and I turn around at my parents' house, and he's on one knee, and I was like, oh, this is why you've been so yeah. fucking annoying. <laughs> 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 you asked my parents, and like, oh, and then like, literally through my mind, wasn't I was like, I don't want this. I never wanted to get married. I wanted a ring. So you like, wanted to stay with him and be and be together, but you didn't want a marriage. Things had come up that I wasn't really sure about. And like, I tried to like set certain boundaries and even just like little things like that. Like there was red flags that I just completely blew through and I really wasn't ready, but I was like, well, he knows I don't want to get married, but so this must mean that, and instead of just saying these things out loud, like in my head, I'm like, I can't say no, my parents are right there. And yeah. this must mean that like, this is something he really wants. So like, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I'm a people pleaser. I was like, I don't want to let, let him down. down. I feel mm-hmm. bad saying no. So I said, yes. And then I was like, well, do I have to plan a wedding? Like I've never wanted a wedding. And he was all excited. And I was like, okay, so we'll plan this together. It'll be okay. And then no, I planned the whole thing while working crazy hours. Did you tell him that you didn't want to plan it? And he was just like, oh, you have to plan it. We're going to have a wedding. Or was it more like you just felt the pressure that you had to? It just all fell on me. Like nothing would have gotten done if it wasn't for me. So like when you're working crazy hours, I like, and also I was like a defaulted to the fifties housewife because he didn't do anything. So I was like, it's just too much. And I wasn't enjoying it. And like, there was a time where I was like, I'm calling it off. Like he's not being supportive at all. He's making like, I feel like this is not a good kind of like other people enjoy planning a wedding and this is not what yeah with their person too like it's a yeah, it's like a joint thing. He's just like, yeah, it's going to be a party. And I'm like, cool. That's it's not why you have a wedding it's for the did you ever say to him like why don't we just not have it oh Oh, yeah like well he knew I didn't want a wedding and I'd get mad and then he just kind of turn it on you and be like well you're just stressed planning the wedding like you're stressed with your new job it's and he'd be like okay like well what do you want me to do you just don't tell me what to do and he'd just get mad at you and get defensive and I don't know it was a thing of our relationship so we went through the wedding planned the honeymoon I um I love travel you know that um and he made me feel like an idiot like why would we waste all this money on our honeymoon da, 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 da. and I was like how did I marry someone that doesn't even want to travel like what yeah like, I feel like life is a lie <laughs> that's like your number one probably that you yeah. want and yeah like, at that point he had started um, where did you go we went to Vietnam and Cambodia Cambodia and, and he was like, like annoyed by it yeah he didn't want to spend the money to go he was like we can just put money into the house and da, 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 da. and I was like well no like I want to enjoy my life um he had one of his outbursts. Um, he liked to get very drunk and lose his mind on me. And then the next day pretend like nothing, we didn't have a fight, that nothing happened. There was never any reason for why, like I would always be bawling and be like, why do you hate me so much? Like, what have I done to you? And he never had a reason. He never, he was just very aggressive when he was drinking. Um, and he would save it until we were just alone. Um, we'd leave a party and he would just turn on me and I'd be like, what did I do? Like, who was I talking to someone I shouldn't have? Like, and I just, 
I was at a point where he'd manipulated me so much. I just, you thought it was you. I thought it was all me. Like it must be me. Cause he was, that was the default. It was like, well, you did this. You're hard to live with. You're this. So then he'd sleep on the couch the next morning. I'd go try to talk to him. Cause you know what? I was like, you know what? Let's not do this while you're drunk. We'll talk about it tomorrow. And then you'll be able to coherently tell me what I did, I guess. Um, and he pretended it never happened. And then I'd <laughs> wait for an apology all week. And the story would slowly change to, well, like I had to get that drunk to stand up to you because you're so hard to live with. And you're like, you work all the time and you're just so demanding and blah, blah, blah. And just nonsense. No actual yeah, reason. It would just, and it would end up in this cycle of, I would just like not talk to him all week because I'm waiting for an actual apology. And he would just tell me it was all my fault. And then the weekend would come around, he'd get blackout drunk again. And here we go again. Like it was just a vicious cycle. So it got to the point where I was like, I don't even want to travel with you. Like being alone oh in a foreign God. country with you sounds terrifying. And he, like his famous line was like, it's not like I hit you. That doesn't matter. That is not the only kind of abuse. I know, it's always sad because like looking back now, I'm like, how did I put up with this? Like the first time it happened, I should have been like, I was just going to say, when was the first outburst? Like when did, when was the first time it happened? It started low. So like he gaslit me first and kind of like really undermined my gut instinct. So gaslighting is basically like little lies about stupid little things that don't matter. So you're, mm-hmm. you brush them off, but they slowly kind of erode at like your instinct. So saying things like, I'd be like, oh, we're going here tonight. And he'd be like, no, I told you I'm doing this. That's not happening. And I thought I was having like early onset dementia. Like I built a seven foot chalkboard calendar because I was like, I'm not remembering things. It must be me. So I was like, unless it's not on the, on the, ca- like on the calendar. It's not and happening. he let you believe that he yeah, like, he really did. <laughs> like, I was like, I must be, lo-. and like, I am a career woman. Like I was the breadwinner. I'm I so organized. worked my ass off. I, I like made notes for today. Like I have an agenda. Like I am on the ball. I was crushing it at work. I'm like, I'm not, I can't actually be losing it, but I didn't know what gaslighting was. So it was really hard to even, even if I had told people to understand it. Yeah. It was really hard to try to like verbalize what was happening to me and understand what was happening to me because I didn't know it was a thing. Mm -hmm. So it was just like a tool of manipulation and, um, that whenever these outbursts would happen, it would just always default to is my fault. Did it just like continuously get worse? Obviously, because you said it started out slow. Yeah. So it started out. So, so we went on our honeymoon. We actually had a really good time. He read the book, like don't sweat the small or what is it? Uh, the subtle or small giving a fuck or whatever. Uh-huh. And then he, like had this epiphany. Like, I know I'm really hard on you and oh my God. Uh, like, I don't treat you well. I don't communicate well. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, but it's also the honeymoon. There's no stressors. There's no who's doing the dishes, who's cooking, who's cleaning. Like there's no me working late and pissing him off. There's none of that. Yeah. So like all you're doing is it's your honeymoon. You're just enjoying it. Yeah. So like, <laughs> And like, yeah, so things are going to change for the better. It's going to be okay. Um, and then it got worse around the time that I met you in Greece. Okay. So the first people that I really... Wait, but how how was he feeling about you going to Greece with girls? Because I feel like a controlling guy like that probably would have been like pissed off. No, he would like... So people would be like, oh, you're like okay with her going. Because like our other friends had boyfriends. So it wasn't like it was meant to be... Like we partied hard, but it wasn't meant to be this like... Like a single like... Girls single trip. It was more... Only one of us was single. So he... And he was like very vocal about like, I trust her. And like... Like he was in front of other people. Also, he probably knew that he has manipulated you this far. So he probably was like, she's good. She's fine. Yeah, she won't do anything. And I'd never... Like, obviously, I'd never done anything to him like that or... Of course. um, Yeah. So... And in front of other people, he wanted our relationship to be this 
great loving thing like he poured it on in front of other people right so yeah um and then I went to Greece and like it was actually like the first time I kind of opened up to my friends saying like something's not right and I didn't know how to tell them what was going on um mm-hmm. and just kind of gave them like a brief overview and they basically were like oh yeah honeymoon's over like and I was like oh no it's okay. much like, more not than validated that. at all I guess you're right must it just I need to work at this like so yeah that kind of makes you doubt yourself even more yeah like I didn't um I just didn't get the like and they they obviously you didn't get support or like question or but they weren't expecting me to like I didn't full out say because I until like a couple months ago in therapy and my therapist being like you were in an abusive relationship just say it like you can say that (laughs) yeah like say it out loud you have to be like I'm hard like I'm not perfect either and they're like stop (laughs) yeah it doesn't matter if you're not perfect you didn't mentally or emotionally abuse anyone like that's that's 100 like it's it doesn't matter if you're not hit that pisses me off that he said that yeah no but that's how it gets like warped right so yeah it was very very interesting but we got married at i was 26 and the sioux is like a very like my parents were high school sweethearts the sioux if you're single they're like the sioux is that your town yeah sioux st marie <laughs> oh okay um so like it's very much like if you're single people are very uncomfortable with that they're like I have someone for you like you gotta and you're like I'm happy on my own like no 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 like you can't be happy you're lying what's wrong with you honey it's annoying enough just being in society and being single because it's like so many stereotypes so much pressure so much this that and then if your town also like I'm lucky we have a small town but I don't I guess I just don't really talk to that many people from this town anymore I'm just like over it because I don't want to deal with any of that but that must be even more pressure in because you also married someone from your town and then now that it's over that obviously has to be even more pressure and stress on like trying to get over it yeah like there was a lot of pressure in town it was it's external pressure that you could easily just say like no but my sister got married super young and it worked out for her so you're like kind of thinking but I never I don't know it was weird I don't know I'm a people pleaser so I know now why I said yes yeah like I wish I would have just trusted my gut and been like something's off there's a reason you want to say no and it's not just yeah you're not there yet it's there's something wrong with this relationship and you need to get out so trust your gut everybody yeah (laughs) because it's it like they know it knows right after the honeymoon too like after that was good you were probably excited thought it was all going to be okay But then you get home and did it pretty much immediately go back to like the yeah, break? Like the- because he was like, basically like, I won't drink as much. I'll be more responsible with that. But it immediately just reverted right back to that. Because he's not telling, he didn't actually, he just knew how to say the right things. He didn't actually think he had a drinking problem. He just- He knew you thought he did. Yeah. Oh, well, clearly, like if that's how you act, like you're yeah, not handling your alcohol well. <laughs> yeah. Um, or if you're just using it as like kind of the guys a under- crutch. Like, yeah I don't know so it took until like I went on that Greece trip had the time of my life and was just like you know what I'm just gonna it kept getting worse and worse and I was like I poured myself into work I worked really long hours so that I just avoid him and I was crushing it and I was like you know what like I'll just at least like one area of my life I'm doing well on and it's fine like maybe I don't maybe it's just me maybe I'm just not happy like Mm -hmm. I'm not a happy person I'll figure this out but you know what I'm just going to distract myself with work for now and maybe it'll sort itself out Um, because it's gotten better before and it was around Christmas where it really got to a head and I like moved into our spare bedroom and was said like I'm done like either like I'm gonna go stay at my parents soon like as soon as your mom like is kind of out of town like I will because his mom was visiting um I was like I'm done I'm out uh and he gave this tearful letter and all this 
show of saying like, I'll stop drinking, I'll stop, um, I'll go to therapy. Like we can go to couples therapy too. Like, I just want to try. And there's such like a societal, like one of the reasons that like I wanted, I stayed was that there's such a societal, like, don't be a millennial and just throw it away. Like you have to work through it. You have to. But there's working through there's working through something and escaping an abusive relationship are just not the same. And I know you didn't, obviously in the moment, you didn't know that. No, I didn't categorize it as, cause he would be like, I don't hate you. Like, and I know if it was anyone else, I would have been like, that's emotional abuse. Like, did he ever admit to like lying and all of that stuff that made you, I can't believe that you literally, he convinced you, you basically had early onset dementia. Like that's, (laughs) it was bad. He didn't think, he had a real problem. He was just saying whatever to make me stay. And so, did he, he never, ever, even to this day has apologized? No, even in therapy. Like we didn't even look the best thing was, I was like, you know what? Okay. We'll try again. We went to couples therapy and that was probably the best thing because we like, I, I remember stayed. you told me for a small amount of time, you were like, yeah. yeah, I went to therapy and it helped. Like, so I was like, oh my God. Yeah. That's well, because great. we learned how to communicate and like, I stuck to it that like, I'm not sleeping in the same bed as you. I'm not back there yet. Like no, because as soon as you're back in the bed, like boundary. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I need this to be like, I need my space. I'm not ready yet. Like you have hurt me so, so much that I'm just not there yet. Um, and we worked on a communication. He was actively trying, like he didn't tell any of our friends that he wasn't drinking though. So he would still drink and I'd get frustrated. And he kind of like, as soon as we were at a place where I felt like we had made progress and knew how to communicate better. And because the therapist doesn't really, I didn't go to her alone. So she didn't really know the full extent of everything. Yeah. Um, and she, like, I definitely won therapy if that's not a thing, but like I won couples therapy. Like she tuned him up. Like she definitely knew something was off, but. But she didn't know everything. Yeah. And one of the things that she said that terrified me in our first session was, um, it's really good that you're here because a lot of the times when people like young people just give up on a relationship or anyone, they end up finding the same type of thing in the next relationship. And you're like, and obviously, no. and that terrified me. Like to this day, like I've done therapy afterwards. Cause I was like, I'm not going through this again. I like, of I'm course, feeling yeah. whatever part of me <laughs> attracted that allowed that more so allowed that. I don't think I really attracted. I, yeah. I no, I don't that. think that you attract that. But were yeah. you, did you tell the therapist, um, were you scared to just tell her everything because he was sitting there or? Yeah. Like, I think it got dumbed down quite a bit. Um, but I would say like he gets drunk and he gets really angry and like I, he can't communicate with me. Why? Like we are clearly having communication issues. Mm-hmm. He's saying I'm doing something that like he can only stand up to me when he's hammered. So what am I doing? I just need to know. I, and I he still couldn't voice it in therapy. No, but in therapy, he would say like, you know what? We fight, she shuts down and she doesn't talk to me. And I'm like a very self-aware, like self-reflective person. So I was like, okay, like I can work on that. Like instead Mm -hmm. of the next day when you're pretending we didn't actually just get in a huge blowout and that nothing happened and I'm crazy, like that's when I need to actually talk to you then. Or when it's like you to talk to me, yeah. Yeah, but so but therapy was great because when once I finally moved back into our bed, he reverted right back to it. So I was still trying to use all these communication things to be like, okay, like I can bring him back. Like we were good for a little bit. I can get him back, type thing. Like when he and like I noticed that the reason I defaulted to that was because he got me into that. Because at work, if there's a problem, I'm a problem solver. I'm on it. I communicate. I'm not. I do not shy away from any fight. Mm -hmm. Like. And it doesn't have to be a fight. Like at work, I'm very good at you're just open the peace and being very open and working with people. So I know for a fact that like it's not me. It's that he just wants to manipulate me to do whatever he wants. He wants to fight. He like wanted yeah. to make you feel less than. 
Yeah. And like any, so, but it really helped to show that like that pattern that I got into of just like closing down and not talking, he put me in that. Mm -hmm. He got me to that point because if he was angry, there was no point talking to him. If he was drunk, there was no point talking to him. So why would I try? Yeah. You just want to have it be over as soon as possible. Yeah. And like, I really noticed that I'd try to use therapy and voice my opinions and say, well, not opinions, but voice my feelings and say, hon, like that really hurt me. He'd be like, Mm -hmm. that's your opinion. (gasps) Shut right down. And I'd be like, yeah, that feeling is an opinion. Like you're supposed to be like, okay, I hear that. Like, how can I do better? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't realize that that I caused you pain. Like when your wife and someone you're supposedly in love with is just bawling their eyes out, like wondering why you hate them so much and just searching for anything that they've done to make it better. And you don't even care. Like you don't love me. (laughs) You're horrible. But I was a genius, tried to save the marriage with the baby and got pregnant and lost it. And that was the worst thing that has ever happened to me. Um, It was early on, like I belittled this pain for so long and it took me a long time to kind of work through it because I was like, it was early on, like my cousin had one like seven months along, like at least it wasn't like that. Like at least like you, that's what you do. You kind of, and everyone feels so uncomfortable with your pain that you belittle it to make them feel better. Cause I, I much, I'm more so concerned with other people and how they feel than myself. But I would go to work. I would crush it at work. I'd stay work late. And then I'd come home. I wouldn't want to go to bed because like he wants to have sex again. I don't, I'm not into it. I'm not ready. And he would make fun of me for being like depressed. He would make <gasps> fun of me for being an impressive episode and not being able to get out of bed in the morning, but it's because I stayed up late because I was avoiding him and avoiding And also because you just lost a child. Like, are you kidding me? And you were trying to save a marriage that's already hurting you. (laughs) And he would say things like, well, I lost a baby too and I'm fine. And it was really that that like set me off. And I really noticed how unsupportive he was. And even the fact like when I miscarried, I texted my sister. I was at work. Like it was early on. There was nothing anyone could do, but I'm O-neg. So I have to, like my blood type attacks the next baby if I don't get a shot. So I was like, I know I need to go to emerge later. There's nothing they could do um, to stop it. Obviously it's early on, but um, I texted my sister and was like, well, I'm like, I'm bleeding. I'm going to have to go to emerge later, but I'm just going to stay at work because like busy there's nothing I can do. Typical Allison, just push off the pain later. And she was like, are you telling me? And I was like, well, no, like he's at work. And then he, like, there's nothing he can do. And then he has football, like he coaches football. So I was like, I'll tell him after that, like, I'll just go to emerge. And then you I'll just waited until he got home. Yeah. But the sheer fact that I didn't even feel comfortable telling my husband that I lost yeah. a child, like, what is like, cause I knew he wouldn't comfort me. I knew he wouldn't support me. I knew my sister would. So she was like, no, you're not going alone. I'll come with you. So then obviously it's like eight o'clock and he's like, why aren't you home yet? And I called him to be like, I'm at the hospital. I'm just waiting to get the shot. They're just doing an ultrasound to make sure like I lost the baby. They're just making doing an ultrasound to make sure everything's passing properly and that everything's okay. Like that there wasn't a trauma or something. And um, he was like, well, why didn't you tell me earlier? Like it was very much like a surface it wasn't like, let me rush there right now to be by oh, your side. Well, how are you? Like, I'm bawling my eyes out. He's not, how are you? It was like, well, why didn't you just tell me earlier? Like, why would you hold this now? Because to him, he's thinking everyone at that hospital is like, where's her husband? You know, yeah. like everything. That just shouldn't be so his first so reaction stupid. anyway. Yeah. So Did your sister the- know about like where you guys she, were at? Well, at that point, like the first round of therapy at my family knew, like I told them everything that was going on and that I was going to try and work through it, but like it wasn't looking great. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of assumed that we had worked through our things because I was trying to get pregnant. Like I really wanted to have yeah. a baby. Like I want kids terribly, but yeah. not at, like now I know like that was so, so stupid. Like there's nothing that would have, I really thought that like, you know what? He doesn't love me enough, but this baby. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that happens to a lot of people. Like a lot of people think in that way. I've heard stories yeah. about that. And it makes sense because you you got married. You're like, this person loves me, right? Like, it's almost like you're, like you said, he's gaslighting you, but you just didn't know. And so you're just constantly questioning it. And you're like, well, what would make most sense here? And in the moment, a baby makes sense. Like, let's remind each other of the love. Yeah. And gaslighting is so hard because you're like, you're in love with this person. You never think someone that loves you would do that to you. Of course. you, You trust everything that they're saying because like, they're the person you're madly in love with or were madly yeah. in love with before they treated you like this. Yeah. Like, that's your life person. You live together. That's yeah. So it, it was hard, but it didn't, even that I was like, you know what? Like I'm just depressed from this. I will figure it out. I will get past it. It'll be, it's me. I'm the problem. We'll try in a couple more months. Like it's fine. Um, and just really. And then like when he would start drinking and getting abusive again, I would be like, you know what? Like he's having a hard time with it too. Like I made so many excuses for him but, but like never for yourself on me. Yeah. And then, um, I actually, I volunteer at a kid's camp or camp quality. It's for kids yeah. who have cancer or are affected by cancer. So siblings or those in remission. And I've been going there for like six years, but you see these people you volunteer with, they're the salt of the earth. And I, I see them once a year, maybe twice. Cause we, um, we plan it together now. Like I'm on the planning committee, but those people not knowing everything I was going through, just offered me so much more love and support than my husband ever had, ever. Like even when my grandpa died, like ever. So it like really took, it was that camp and it was something so stupid that pushed me over the edge. It was, I ordered one of those like um, food subscription boxes mm-hmm. so that he could learn to cook for me because I'd work long hours, get home and he'd had ordered a pizza for himself. And I'm like, well, I can't eat that. Like I'm a veggie. <laughs> and I'm like, you promised, you wanted to be like the stay at home dad. Like, and you Wait, did he not have a job? No, he worked, but he worked like nine to five with a yeah, full it was, hour. Yeah, different. Yeah. He was very different work-life balance than I was. And I am a workaholic. I know that. Um, mm-hmm. That's a problem. But like I, he knew, like we had discussed it. Like I need that support. Like I need. Of course. I, need help. Yeah. I can't do it all. And he'd be like, where's the food type thing. And I was like, well, like I really got. Well, I just got home from work and it's eight o'clock. You've been sitting on the couch since five. Like what? Yeah. Or <laughs> golfing for like four hours. Like well, you could have done something or like order half cheese. Like I don't normally eat cheese, but like, thanks. But like, I ordered. Yeah. That's such a cheese. simple thing to do. <laughs> but I ordered, started ordering them. So he'd learn how to cook. Um, to and this was the final straw. Yeah. So when I was at Camp Quality volunteering with cancer children, like cancer kids, come on. Like I take a week of my life every year to do this. He sent me a message being like, can you stop ordering those? Like, I'm so sick of cooking. And I was like, I'm so done. And I remember I got so mad at my friends like, Al, like it's food subscription box. Like it's fine. Like, yeah, but they don't know all the piling that's been happening. So that was literally the last straw. And then like I had opened it to a friend there and he was so, so like, they were just so kind and supportive. I was like, I have never felt this level of like love from yeah. him or support from him. And him, when I would tell him like, I need you, like I'm not feeling supported by you. I meant emotionally. And he would throw it in my face. Like you didn't call me to go to the hospital. It's not my fault. I wasn't there. And like, even with my grandpa dying, he, he just would get so defensive. Like there was never that like communication being like, okay, I can see where you're coming from. And like, think like, why didn't I call you? (laughs) You would have called him if for the past X amount of years, he wasn't belittling you and making you feel like you were going fucking crazy and making you cry and not giving a fuck. That's the one thing I haven't 
been in as serious of an abusive relationship. But like there were some moments where one of my exes, when he would get drunk, it would just get bad. Mm-hmm. And I remember the my last straw was I was bawling my eyes out and he just looked at me and then walked away. And I was like, how can you walk away from someone you love that is literally crying on the floor? Yeah, and it's and just- You have made them feel this way, regardless of whether, like you can't belittle someone's feelings like that, especially someone you love. Like I couldn't do that to a complete stranger if I made them yeah, cry. Yeah, no, if you, if, if I see anyone crying, even if you don't know the reason, I'm just like, oh my God, are you okay? Like yeah. I've literally done that at a grocery store and it's awkward, but it's like, you can't just leave someone. You have no idea what they're going through. And maybe the grocery store is their escape from an abusive relationship. Like you have no idea. Yeah, so yeah, that was like my final straw. And I like made, I was on my driving home. It was like an eight hour drive. I was like, hey, we have his cousin's wedding coming up um and then like his family's coming to visit so like after that I got I love his cousin so I was like I don't want her day to be like tainted by that so I was like you know what very nice of you and I I, you know I put everyone before myself um I was like get through these two events and you're free and then you can tell them you can so like I went home I told my mom everything that had been happening um and she was just super upset because she didn't know the full extent of it and she was just so upset that she had no idea like my parents and I one of the things that one of the questions your questions was like what was the main reason you stayed and I honestly was terrified my dad would disown me what I know it, it's crazy to look back at now but I like my parents are high school sweethearts they've been married forever like they have been through some shit and they've come out the other side are you guys religious like is that no we're not or? religious at all <laughs> so he just thinks like marriage that, like I think like marriage is important to us and of course I think he just would th- thought that like I wasn't trying hard enough or I, I honestly really thought that he would think that it was my fault and that I didn't do enough. And I don't know why. And like, I love my dad. We are super close. So I hold his opinion of me very high mm-hmm. and I just never wanted to let him down. And I honestly thought that he would just be like, how dare you type? I don't know why, but the, these are the stories you make in your head. Yeah. It's so to hard to leave because you're like, yeah, he's going to disown me. And like, I thought he loved Ian, but like half the time he was annoyed by Ian and things came out afterwards. Like he stole from my dad. He gaslighted my dad. (gasps) He stole from your dad? Yeah. Because my dad is very generous like me. And like, he did this whole planned out stunt to like steal of 8,000, like I think it was an eight grand, like snowblower from him basically. Like, yeah, it was nuts. So and these are the things that come out afterward that I had no idea that about. they hide from you because they think you're happy and you're hiding yeah, things from and they them think because like, oh Allison trusts this guy so and like I was so embarrassed that like I had done that to him like yeah but I that's not you you didn't do that to him no but like yeah it was wild the things that came out after that you're like okay so it wasn't just me even friends things like that like he just kind of like twists things to get what he wants the part with your family it's it's interesting because I feel like it's always that kind of stuff always happens like things always come out after something happens and and people admit things and obviously it's hard in different relationships but you're both trying to make sure that you're keeping quiet about the bad because you want to make the others happy where it's like obviously it's easier said than done but if you all can be honest it's I know it's like usually it's, like what those little things are usually not little like you know what I mean oh and it's yeah like they just kind of assumed and I I assumed that like he wouldn't lie to me and yeah it's not the things that came out afterwards I was like oh okay like yeah I'm validated in this and my dad was just super upset that he had no idea and that I was struggling this whole time and yeah, I mean so you were worried yeah. about nothing with disowning he was no like never. I basically went to them and I was like I'm gonna need to move in here <laughs> please give yeah. him a shelter um, because like he doesn't have family in the Sioux. So I let him 
for a generous price, buy me out of the house, my house and everything. So I was like, you know what? I can live with my parents for a while. I, I just wanted out. Like I didn't want the fight of a messy divorce. He tried to do things like he tried to buy me out for five grand for like a, a house for my house. And like, yes, we had lived in it like the whole time he had helped with renos, but it was my house, like things like that, that like got messy. And then I didn't tell anyone because I was like, you know what? No one, none of our friends need to know how messy this got. Like my close friends know things because like, mm-hmm. obviously you got to vent somewhere. Um, but it was really helpful living with my parents because like, I could just go home and be like, well, he said this today. And my mom would be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, they're like your number one support, which is what you need yeah. in that time. Which but is, also yeah. you have such a small town. So it's probably even more difficult if everyone's like trying to ask questions and have their own opinions. But really, if they're having those conversations without you involved, then they're probably not people that you need in your life anyway. And I was very quiet about it because I mean, he's in sales, like and a lot of his um, business contacts that he would have gotten from my dad. Um, I think that honestly, the two things he liked about me was that I looked good on his shoulder, like on his arm and that like my dad and my last name opened him up to a lot of business. And I made money. Like, that's really, honestly, the only things I think he loved about me. But I can't, maybe he did love me in some weird way. I have no idea. But um, yeah, people would ask me and I'd be like, it, it just wasn't working out type thing. Like, I'd really dumb it down or be just like, it wasn't a good situation. I just need to get out. Like, that is my mm-hmm. line that I just say. Like, no one needs to know more. I don't owe anyone yeah. anything. But he would tell people that, like, I had a miscarriage and pushed him away. And, like, it was just really hard on him and all, like this made me the bad guy. And I was like, you know what? Fine, whatever. Like I'm clear if these people were close to me, they'd know the truth. And if it doesn't like, I don't really care if that sheds me in a bad light because it's a version of the truth. It's not the whole truth. It doesn't show the journey of the, like I tried to leave you. Like we, he kind of framed it as it came out of nowhere. And even when I was trying to leave, he was like, what do you mean? Like, we're fine. Like, where is this coming from? And I was like, Ian, like, are you forgetting? I tried to leave 1000 times. Yeah, I tried to leave. We went through therapy. Like, what do you mean? This is out of nowhere. We haven't been good for like years, but like, we haven't been really like, we went to therapy, like within the last six months, I already tried to leave you. I should have just left then. (laughs) How did you finally get the strength to leave? Because you had the pressure of wanting to make it work because it's a marriage and you hold that to a high standard and you were being gaslighted and you didn't know at the time. So how did you eventually say, like, I know that the the box and things like that, sometimes something just clicks, but it just clicked, honestly, and I was just like, I need to go. So I just made a plan and I was like, I'm done. So actually my plan didn't go accordingly on, he had a huge episode, I guess you'd call it at his cousin's wedding and got super drunk and was yelling at me and his mom and like it was just a, a complete shit show and I was just in my head laughing because I was like wow like I'm getting this is what I'm getting out from and I didn't say anything that night but the next morning on our drive home like 30 minutes into a seven hour car ride he asked me if we were okay like what's going on you seem distant are you okay and obviously I seem distant. I'm not a good liar I can't like my yeah. heart's on my sleeve I can't fake it with you and he was trying to like hook up all weekend and I was like get away from me so he asked and I was like I'm leaving like I'm done like I can't do this anymore I will not be treated this way I'm done and he was like this is out of nowhere what do you mean da, da, da. and he like didn't even acknowledge any of what happened the night before because he never would he just that was uh, I don't know it was um yeah that's his- didn't start crying until he was like well what's gonna happen now i was like i'll move into my like we'll wait till your family visits this week because i like i'd like them to have a good visit i feel like i will do whatever you need me to do like i just wanted an easy transition i didn't want he wouldn't let me leave the house actually but um 
he wouldn't let like, you leave? Then, what yeah. do you mean he wouldn't let you leave? Well, because I was like, and then I'll move into my parents' house. Um, and I was like, and I'm taking Cooper, like our dog. Because like he had gotten drunk before and hit our previous dog. And I was like, I'm, <gasps> there's no way in hell I'm leaving her with you. And like, he, yes, he promised that like, he would never touch. Because like, when we got a new puppy, I was like, if you touch this dog, it will kill you. <laughs> um, he started crying over the dog. And I was like, well, what about me? Like, you're basically just like grilling me on like, are you sure? Like, you really want to leave? Like, where this but, is like, nowhere you're crazy like it's not like I hate you type thing and I, I'm like the dog is what we're crying over <laughs> like, thanks it's <laughs> so crazy yeah so then we had seven more hours to drive home oh it my was god and I think it kind of clicked into him that like people are gonna that know it's over yeah yeah and like people are gonna find out and he made a point of saying like I will never speak a bad word about you but then he did oh of course but he was just hoping that i wouldn't say anything bad about him because i'm the one with all this ammunition (laughs) and it's a small town he's the one who ended up saying the bad things about you and you still haven't said a bad word about him i try very hard not other than to like close friends when you need to get it off your chest like i try very hard not to do those little digs like even the first time we were at a christmas party together like he made of jabs like directly at me to me like being like oh that must be why you left and i just be like haha yeah like what That's are you going to do? Right. There's no point engaging with this person because they're delusional. So it, um, I just tried to take the high road. And now whenever like I see those like celebrity gossip things and like there's a tell all, I'm like, that's not the, that's not the story. Yeah, no. <laughs> Even this, I was hesitant to be, to say anything. Cause I was like, I don't want it getting back to him that I've said something and then he's going to make my life miserable, but he's already done that. So and that's the thing too. It's like, eventually it's not like you're saying anything. You're not saying lies. You're not saying anything directly negative toward him you're explaining your side of the story because you have every right to it happened to you so it's yours like you can do whatever you want with that and you've been quiet about it you've dealt with the bullshit that he's thrown at you for your whole relationship and then now after to blame things on a miscarriage is so insensitive and clearly false so (laughs) it's your turn to tell your story and it's absolutely ridiculous if anything negative in addition comes out from this if he ever sees it somehow or something like that like fuck him block him from your life <laughs> if he got wants to go around saying his fake bullshit story and his fairy tale in his head of what he is to himself which is obviously a delusion then you can do whatever you want and yeah well and people are going to believe what they want to regardless like the rumors that came out of this that were hilarious like and you're like i don't even under like People will project their shit on you. So like one of the best ones was that like we went on a trip directly after my miscarriage, like a weekend later. And the rumor was that I left Ian because I fucked someone else on that trip in the same house. We were all in the same Airbnb, but apparently the fuck do people even come up with that. <laughs> like, are you I hadn't even passed the miscarriage yet. Like it was, I was, and like, I was a wreck. And even on but that also, trip- these are such shitty people. Like do something more <laughs> with your life. Why are you sitting around talking about a couple's divorce number one who you clearly have nothing to do with if you're talking about it and making this shit up and number two like why are you so evil yeah I know and like if just because you're someone who would do that doesn't mean I am like I I I would hope my character is a kind of regard out there but yeah but some people I don't know but you get to a point where you're like you know what people are going to project their shit on you um, you They're can't believe what they want, people yeah. think and what they believe. So it doesn't matter how vocal I am or how many people I tell my side to. Like, if anything, it makes it seem like I'm more desperate to have everyone believe me. So I just got to a point where I was like, it's not worth it. I don't owe anyone any explanation. I'm not, not a Kardashian. I'm not a celebrity. Like, Sault Ste. Marie people, get over it. <laughs> yeah. You said that you 
obviously it started small and it just kept growing and you didn't really tell anyone until it got to that point where you were trying therapy and everything. Were there other red flags? I mean, I guess the red flags were just that it started small and you just didn't notice what it was and just kept making excuses. So it did start out small and that's why it was so hard. But, and even now when I talk to people about it, like I'll just like casually say something to a friend of like some, like a story of what he did. And she's like, wait, what? Like, how did you stay with this person? I was like, yeah, no, like, wow. (laughs) But one of the biggest red flags for me was my sex drive. It was gone. And he would make me feel like shit for it. Like he'd make me feel so guilty. And like, there are actual studies, like research based on like what, um, how a man reacts to a woman's like sexual no really shapes their intimacy in their relationship. So like if a man makes you feel guilty and like shit for it, you're obviously going to shut down and be like, you know, I'm not into it. But if they're like, oh, okay, yeah, you're not into this. let's go for a walk. That's completely fine. Like that's, that's supportive and attractive. Yeah. But I didn't realize how much um, that sort of intimacy is impacted by how you're being treated. Like obviously yeah, if I don't feel safe or loved or protected and like respected, I'm not going to open my legs for you. Like I'm not into this at all. I'm not attracted to you. How would I be attracted to that? But he'd make me feel like I was this horrible person and just like a prude. I'm like, I'm not. When I'm happy in a relationship, like- Let's go. <laughs> yeah. All, like, <laughs> I'm very, very sexual person. So like for me, like that was a giant red flag that like I really missed. Like I completely ignored mm-hmm. that. And obviously, yes, it started slow, but that to me, like I honestly was like, well, you know, the honeymoon phase ends. Like you're not going to be attracted to this person forever. I'm like, but he still has a six pack. He still looks great. I'm still hot. Like, why am I not? It shouldn't die out. Yeah. So like should have dug into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If your sex drive drastically changes, it's for a reason subconsciously. One of the biggest ones that I was like, oh, there's got to be something like now I know that like, if I'm not feeling it, but I also like, I'm a people pleaser. And I know that now thanks to therapy and like, I'm kind, like, I very much so don't want to hurt someone else. So I would get into these relationships where I was like, oh, this person chose me and they're into me. And like, I feel bad saying no. So I would just like say yes. And like, and kind of be what they wanted me to be until it got to a point where I was like, I'm not being myself. I'm not into Mm -hmm. this at all. And then we break up and I feel bad. Like I never, I've never been the one to do the choosing. It was always Mm -hmm. like, I was never single for long. It was always like someone would see me express interest and be like okay like you're nice like I'm not did your therapist tell you how to kind of deal with that like for people listening because I think that that's a very common thing it's like women are yeah oh no and like that's the biggest thing is that like you should be a hundred percent into the person that you yes. want to be with if 100%, you're not yeah and yes there's ebbs and flows in a relationship but like in the beginning if you're not a hundred percent in get out like why are you yeah. wasting your time like it's not just gonna, I'm very much like, I want butterflies, I want passion, but everyone should follow, his name's Mark Groves, he's Canadian actually, the account's called Create the Love. Oh, I haven't heard that. And he has a podcast too, and he, like, his little podcast, and like, he does like relationship courses, and like, codependency courses, and that kind of thing, I did that like, on top of therapy, those were really helpful to be like, yeah, you're right, like, I do want to choose the person I'm with, like, and I want to be, I want to show up 100% as myself, and if that person doesn't want any of that, if they think I'm a crazy person, who cares, I want to, I deserve something, that's not your person, yeah, yeah, like, I deserve, like, complete love of me like if I found someone attractive I'd be like oh well okay I'll like kind of change a little just to be what they want and then down the road you're resentful because yeah of course <laughs> you're not being yourself and you're like wearing this mask and you feel bad like you get resentful towards them because you're not you never showed up for yourself yeah 
you're not being yourself. So you feel like it's their fault, but really like you changed obviously for them. But at the same time, whether it's society or friends or that person, like you feel like, oh, this is, this isn't really that bad though. So maybe I should just do it kind of thing. Yeah, no. And like the biggest thing that like Mark Rose will say was like, if there's any bit of resentment, it's because you are putting something else above yourself. Like there's really a boundary there that you didn't set or you're not honoring and you're mad at them for not knowing, but you let them do that. And I'm not saying like, I'm not victim shaming myself at all. I did not deserve any of what he did. Of course. Yeah. But I a hundred percent didn't set those boundaries. Like I had no healthy boundaries to be like, no, that's, this isn't how I want to be treated. That's what I posted about today. Yeah. I know you put that and I was like, wow, this is going to go really well. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's hard because I feel like People really don't, are never told. I was never told growing up to love myself. No. Like, ever. The biggest thing I learned was, like, my therapist was like, you need to be more mindful of your feelings, and you need to tune into yourself and find who you are and what you want, and then you can go out and find someone. And I, I wasn't even ready today. She was like, you're going to be ready. Like, you're really good at therapy. Like, you're you're powering through this stuff. And I was like, I don't want anyone ever again. Like, I'm dying yeah. alone with my zoo of animals here, and <laughs> I'm just going to pop out some kids and be happy. And she was like, no, no, when you're ready, it'll happen. But, like, we are going to get to a point where – you know what you want, you know your values, you know your purpose, like you know your goals and you find someone that aligns with that and mm-hmm. not, that was the biggest thing. Don't that settle. Done. Even in jobs, yeah. like, okay, this opportunity is here, I'll take it. It yeah. wasn't like, okay, is this company aligned to me? Is this what I can see myself doing? Am I going to be happy? Like, and there was none of that. Like, I just, I don't know. I hold myself in much a higher regard now and I know my worth and I know that someone is out there for me who's going to love me for me and I am going to wait for that. I'm not going to settle. Like, yes, there's flings and stuff that happened in between, but like, I'm not interested. Like, I'm very, like dating now, I'm very upfront and like, this is what I want. And if you think I'm crazy, bye. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm no, but sugarcoated. I'm sorry. And it's not that I'm like rushing to have kids. So I'm like, let's go now. It's more that I want, this is me. I'm not going to, be anyone else and if you can't show up for that then that's completely fine but yeah that's good you think therapy is what really helped you like gain your confidence back and like fit into this again like be able to date again because I can imagine that's like scary to start again therapy helped but at the same time I did like a career clarity program um when I first got like left him I was like I'm heading to Cali I'm gonna get a job at Netflix I'm done like I'm so out of this town I'm out of here And then I really, that course was really good because it really showed me how much I value my family and spending time with them. So I was like, I can't, like my niece is a year and a half. I can't leave her. I'm obsessed with that child and she's obsessed with me. Like there's no way our relationship can be over Zoom. Like I love, Mm -hmm. I drive a lot of like value from that family time. So. And you figured that out through a course? Like a. Yeah. So it's actually a guy that I used to work with. He's from the Sioux and he's like kind of like a career coach now. And like he teaches people how to be coaches now. Like he's. He was cool. and he didn't, it was like at the same time that I was doing therapy. So it was really helpful because they were doing the same like cognitive behavioral therapy type things. Mm-hmm. But like he was pushing me further to do these exercises to be like, what do you want? What are your goals? Like, what do you value? What makes you the happiest? What fills your cup up and focus on you and then make this plan, like figure out where you're at now, where you want to be and figure out your purpose. Like, I didn't know what my purpose was. Like I drive so much from like helping people. Mm-hmm. And I knew that about myself, but like, I didn't really realize that that's why I wasn't connecting with accounting is that I'm not helping anyone until mm-hmm. I got a managerial position. And then I was helping people and I was like, oh, okay, so my skills are helping other people. So I'm happier. Like, I didn't know yeah. 
that really helped get me my confidence back. And even like at work, I'm a boss. Like I, I don't like tooting my own horn, but like I do really well. Like I work my ass off and I'm a CPA. I'm our whole industry is make decisions, be decisive, yeah. take the data and like get shit done. Um, and so like just building my gut up slowly with that really helped like being able to crush like I got promoted twice within the six months after leaving him that's amazing that's such a sign yeah and I actually just got a new position like I'll be an assistant controller <gasps> with hopes of like moving up so like yeah Congrats. like I'm killing it that way so that really helped me get because I was like I'm not crazy like look look at what I can do like I'm crushing in these things and like yes my personal life may be crumbling and in pieces but like it's not because of me like I'm I don't know it was that really helped get my confidence back and then yeah. uh, mutual friends slid into my DMs and helped me get like my sexy back. Cause like at that point I was That's not nice. like, I was like, oh, everyone's going to be like, oh, this divorcee, no one's going to love me. <laughs> No, but that's hard. I feel like it's hard no matter what. So I can't imagine. Yeah. So like that, like we were just, like he just kind of helped me through it as a friend first. And then like, it just kind of came out that like we were attracted to each other and then it went from there. It didn't work out and that's completely fine. Um, but like, I'm grateful for the fact that like he kind of, that experience. Yeah, he helped me like get back to that. And honestly, it took me like mm -hmm. seven or eight months and I went and visited friends in Toronto and um, got hit on for the first time since that guy like got hit on by like a complete person mm -hmm. I've never met before and I was actually into it and I was like wow I think I'm ready to start dating and I told Yay. a friend that and then the world ended <laughs> so I'm sorry what do you mean COVID. oh COVID oh. everything shut down <laughs> the next week I was like I literally said I'm ready to start dating I'm gonna put myself out there and then it ended and the world was like, wait, wait, wait. Not ready. <laughs> so, yeah, like, it was good in a way because like it really forced me to like be with yourself, yeah, be with myself and be happy on my own because I, that was the longest period I'd probably been single. I think I was single for a year before him, but before that it was just like, I would just say yes to everybody. <laughs> I just found myself yeah. in these relationships that like, I didn't really want. You jump from relationship to relationship. Yeah. And I was, I think it's because I was so happy on my own and people are attracted to that, that they would just be like, oh, okay. Like I need to get that back. Now. Yeah. So then now I'm like very choosy. I'm, I'm not just going to settle. As you should be. Yeah. That's one of the questions that um, I posted on the poll and it was like, should you settle or never settle for anything less than a fairy tale? And 70 something percent said unrealistic, but I think it's not unrealistic if you're realistic about what your fairy tale is, yeah. because my fairy tale is true, real love. Of course, we're going to have our ups and downs, but I want that happy butterfly thing yeah. in the beginning. And I hope that I can get it 10 years down the line yeah. too. Like, you know what I mean? For me, but it's all like, I want someone I'm a hundred percent into. Like I want butterflies. I know it sounds super stupid, but like, I want someone that I'm like super into. Like I would need that passion. I'm sorry, but yeah, of course, if it's not there, I'm not going to force. And I, I remember the first date I went on, someone was like, like, I wasn't really feeling it. Like the texting had been okay. It was off hinge. Like texting had been okay. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like seems like a really nice guy has his shit together. And it just wasn't, I wasn't into him. Like there was, it felt like asexual to me. So I was like, yeah. And my friends were like, just give it another shot. Like it was your first date since you, your separation. Like, and I was like, 
Like, well, well yeah, you? keep dating, but don't keep dating, but don't keep trying to date that guy. Yeah. That's for sure. Well, well that's the thing. Like, they were like, no, give him another chance. And I was like, but I don't want to. No. Like, I'd rather. And then he ended up ghosting me, and I was like, thank God. But at the same time, you get ghosted, and you're like, well, what did I do oh. wrong? Like, now I want to. And then you're like, but I don't at all. I'm not attracted to you. <laughs> it's hard though because it's I don't know. I was never single until I was 22. I was like the same as you. I had never been single for more than like six months. But then now it's been four years. Because you're so and you just world yeah (laughs) i think we definitely do like obviously stay choosy and i feel like you do obviously know yourself so much better now but i do have to warn you you're gonna go on like a million frog dates and you just got to keep trying but no i don't think that there's any need if you feel in your gut like now you're not gonna ignore your gut so if you feel in your gut nah it's not for me just let it like let it go It's a lot of people say to give it more of a shot, but I feel like some people are just good judges of like who they mesh with. And I don't mesh with as many guys as I'd like to, but I'm not going to keep like trying and waste my time going on a date with a guy that I like was annoyed at within the first half. I'm not into, like if I'm not into it, it's not going to go. I'm sorry. And I get that like first dates are weird, but no, I honestly have this, like, I'm such a hopeless romantic. Like I know you are too. And I honestly have this vision of just like, I'm, it's not going to be a date. I'm just going to meet them in some like meet cute. And then I, know. Like, that's, I don't want, I'm not actively dating anymore. Like I went on him in COVID because I was like, no, how am I going to meet anyone? Like just can't boring. leave my house. So they're never going to find me. So I was like, you know what? I'll go on hinge. We'll give this a shot. It's 2020. Do it. And I actually met someone like amazing, but I had set my range too far. So he was in the States because we're a border town. Oh. So, so sweet and so, so lovely. But again, like I wasn't hundred percent into it. And like, because I was like, yeah. he could be such a catch. Like it was such a learning moment for me because I had to be like, you know what? Like, I'm so sorry. Like I have to end this. Like A, I don't know idea when the border's opening. And B, like, I'm just not there. Like, and he was like super into me and so sweet and so communicative. And I was like, I, I'm not there. And I don't think I'm going to get there. And it's not fair to you. Like you deserve to find your person. So I finally yeah. set that boundary for myself and was like, that's amazing. No, I'm so happy yeah. for you. And then I got off hinge because I was like, I can't do that again. I feel bad that I hurt him. <laughs> Um, no but he'll be fine and that's the thing with dating though too it's like as much as it sucks that this is the norm of like on to the next it is the norm I feel like it's a good thing and a bad thing because obviously sometimes I think guys more so are more like oh let me go to the next hot girl this could be just stereotyping but I think women are more like I'll go on to the next if this isn't my person whereas guys are more just like there's another hot girl that just messaged me kind of thing so that part is like yeah, and I'm bittersweet, not I guess. I've never been but... good at dating more than one person. Like I am very yeah. much like if I Me like either. someone even a little bit, like I won't entertain anything else. That's like my problem because every time I was on Hinge in the city, I'm always on an app and then I'll take like a few months hiatus or whatever. But like there's finally a guy that I like and then I don't message anyone on Hinge anymore. And Matt was like, you have to stop doing that because then if this guy doesn't work yeah. out, then you're going to have no one again and like just keep yourself busy and whatever. And I'm like, I know, but no, I, I like this like, guy. This is my front. And I like, there was a podcast the other day that was like, you're going to have a front runner. Don't ditch the other ones. Like your front might not yes. work out. But I'm like, but these other ones, if I could like someone more than the front, like if I'd like 
Well, then your front runner just changes. No, but like I clearly am not into these people. If I could like someone more, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to settle for these other guys. Like, I just don't want to settle. And like, that's, and even he's like, I don't want to settle. That's like a fear. And you're like, he also though, we thought we were crazy for going on hinge. What? During COVID? COVID. It makes no sense. What? Am I more desperate because I'm on now and it's COVID? I'm sorry. I still want love just because it's a fucking pandemic, even more so personally, (laughs) because I'm fucking lonely now. But it's like, it doesn't make sense that you wouldn't be on if you were on before. Cause okay, no, you can't meet in person. What is so bad with a, a 13, uh, 13, I don't know where that number came from. Like a 15 minute FaceTime date instead of a coffee date to get to know if you want to actually go on a real yeah. date. I think that's great. It lets you weed out the people that you actually don't want to spend that much yeah. time with. Cause like, Oh, sorry. My mom's calling me because like, right, I live yeah. with my fucking parents right now. Uh, bye. <laughs> Gotta go. I know, but like, I think that like, I'm someone that needs to know that there's an actual physical connection. So I don't think I'm oh, very too, good yeah. at hinge dating like online dating because I'm like I can't tell like (laughs) well that's what sucks about like just COVID is obviously you're not going to really get to that so that's I haven't really been on it I was in the beginning because it's like such a shell shock and you're bored and you're like what do I do I still want to date I I really liked one guy from FaceTime dates and then I met up with him and it just didn't work so I don't know but we stayed six feet apart the whole time so like you can do that yeah but but am I gonna feel that physical attraction to you from six feet away I don't know like I feel like if you if he's like a person for you I think you would because I kind of was drawn to the guy that I was with but I was just like I'm staying apart from my family but I definitely wanted to make out with him I don't know. It'd be, I don't know. At this point, I'm like, what's meant to be will be. If there's someone out there for me, they're somehow going to find me holed up working all the time at home. And (laughs) I'm not like desperate to find someone. Even through people. But I think this whole year is such a wash and it's like, (laughs) I don't know. We'll just wait for next year. Even random people get like flirty with you and you're like, oh, you must be bored in COVID. (laughs) I know, like check your DMs and it's like, wait, I haven't talked to you in like three years. Are you, Are you like, what? I know, it's hilarious, but. That's the thing too, though. It's, it's probably, I'm sure obviously you're saying it was like good kind of that you had this time with yourself with COVID, but it's also probably really hard for all this time alone after living with someone so long, even though that wasn't a healthy environment I was either. like euphoric when I left, like being, I'm so good on my own. The best thing about COVID was it made me slow down and heal because until that point, like, yes, I went through therapy and I healed a lot of like everything not related to the miscarriage. I kind of like mm-hmm. belittled the miscarriage, was like, nope. It, it's fine. It was early on. I'm fine. Move on. Like I looked internally to see how I will not repeat these behaviors again and attract or sustain a relationship like that again, but I never healed the miscarriage thing. So COVID in the beginning was really hard because like Mother's Day came up and I was a yeah. disaster. And then it was like the anniversary of it. And I was a disaster. And I really had to stop, feel the pain for once, instead of distracting myself mm-hmm. with trips with friends or work or all these things that just put off the healing like you're not going to heal until you like take that like acknowledge that something actually acknowledge you. it what so happened? yeah like I had to literally pick myself off up off the floor a couple times like it was bad and I was home alone like couldn't even see my family at that point and I, I'm not someone who shares my pain so like I was like you know what? No, we're getting through this. What are the tools that I've learned? And I was very much like, no, you're going to sit in this. Stop getting mad at yourself for feeling this way. Stop belittling it. 
and because you're never going to heal it's just going to keep coming up year after year and I'm sure Mother's Day will always be a little hard for me but it mm-hmm. was torture this year and I actually got a puppy because I was because like, I literally had a yeah. where I was like it's good for your mental I health know. well I wanted to get a puppy forever for like a, a sibling for my dog and I kept thinking like no because what if the guy I meet has a dog and then we'll have three dogs and that's too many dogs and I literally was like you know what you're on your own live the life you want yeah. I'm done I'm done waiting to live this is it I'm it we're like living with a one yeah, so I yeah. like I was like you screw that applied and got a puppy like, the next day that's amazing <laughs> yeah so and I like I'm so happy with my decision but COVID really made me slow down like in the beginning I'd get lonely seeing my friends with their significant others and being quarantined together and like oh that looks super cute like I think that's the hardest part always is feeling like everyone around you has someone and you don't. That's like what I struggle with the most because then I'm like, I'm all alone in my bed looking at Instagram. Relationships always say the line like, you're not alone. You have us. I'm like, no, because you're busy with your boyfriend. Shut up. I hate that one. You're having sex every night, dude. Fuck (laughs) off. I know. Um, But yeah, like I hate that line. Like, and like my single friends do, we've talked about it. Like, I hate when people say that. They're like, you're not alone. You have us. There's never a, you need to be happy on your own first. Why are you, you know what I mean? Like, you, why, why are you feeling lonely? Like, what about you is not enough? What more can you do to make yourself happy? Like, it's, I need to, yeah. I had to like give myself my full cup. And then one day mm-hmm. someone can add to my life. But like, I'm happy on my, yeah, I'm 100%. really good on my own. It's ba- like, I'm a little afraid that like, I'll never meet someone because I'm so good alone. <laughs> no, you will though. Cause you'll meet someone who loves that about you and you'll, you'll meet him and you'll love other things about him. I literally hated being single and I struggled with it. Literally. I, I honestly think I struggled with it until pretty recently. And I think a big part of it. So almost four years of hating being single and being feeling lonely, but also not wanting to settle, which thank God for that part. Otherwise I would have wasted time again. But I think the biggest part that's helped me recently, especially in COVID is that I started this because I'm like, I'm similar to you where my job doesn't help anyone. So I think not that I'm like helping people like specifically, but just the fact that I can connect with people every time that someone messages me and says like a stranger and like that found my profile and is like, oh, this, this meant so much to me. And I'm like, my life is made like this is the best thing in the world. Like someone messaged me last night and, and was like, I don't even know who you are or what you look like, but for some reason I'm so comfortable saying this to you. And they said something about what they were going through. And I was like, that's literally what I wanted to be here for. Not just so that everyone talks to me, which I love, but like, just because so many people are going through things that they have no one to talk to. So obviously if hopefully one day more people can hear this podcast and like connect with it, great and maybe I won't have time to answer everyone but right now I will answer anyone and everyone about anything no and if there's anyone who hears this and needs like someone to talk to who's been through like I'm always like I'm I will help anyone I will talk like my I feel like the best thing that's come out of this is like I'm basically a therapist now and I help all my friends and I'm not someone who like pushes them to leave their spouses I'm more so like how can you communicate better like what tools can I No, now, but what would you actually say to maybe a woman who, or a man who is in a really mentally or emotionally abusive relationship? Like what is a piece of advice or anything like that? Because like you said, one day it's just going to click for you, but is there anything that would have helped you that you wish you did or wish you had or anything like that? Personally, I I wish I would have actually spoken to like my mom and like my family more. Like I wish I would have, because I normalized so much of that behavior that, and like mistreatment. And if I would have opened up and told people exactly what was going on and not just making little comments, like, oh, he's pissing me off today. I would have gotten that feedback. Like, no, 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 that's not normal. That's not okay. Like you need out. 
like, or he needs mm-hmm. to get help or like what? Cause once you start, once I told my parents everything, they were like, how, like I'm, they, my mom felt so bad that I never felt comfortable going to her with it. Yeah. Then, then like you end up making them feel better for like not knowing, like it's not your fault. Yeah. I talked about this in an episode I just recorded also about a friend of mine who had an eating disorder and she's like in recovery, but I said to her, and I think it just goes for all traumas. It's really hard to open up to people about a trauma because number one, there's nothing that they can really do about it besides be there for you. But usually their reaction is like helplessness. So then it literally turns into you helping them feel okay and be like, but I'm fine, but it's fine. So then I feel like that's why so, so many times it happens when it's very far along or too late or after the fact, because it's so hard to open up to someone on a topic that they can't really help. Well, and you, I I don't like burdening people with my issues. Like I'm very much like, I'm yeah. super independent and I will fix this on my own. I'll, and like therapy's great for that because like, I'm literally paying someone to help me help myself. So yeah. I don't have to burden people with all these things. And like friends had said to me, like, well, why didn't you tell us what was going on? Like you like, or why don't you talk about your divorce or um, like kind of confide in us? And I was like, because it's mutual friends. And I don't want to, I didn't want my friends to feel like they had to choose. And I didn't want them to mm-hmm. go back and consult with everybody and be like, well, do you think her side's true? Like I didn't, I wanted to avoid all of that. So I just, I wanted to deal with it on my own and help myself, which I did. And like, I did have a lot of support from my family and my sister and like my mom, like my mom was amazing. Like it's, we got really close through it. Um, and my dad was too, like, um, but I don't know. I think there, my therapy helped him though, because there were certain things he was struggling with. Um, that like I would kind of be like read this book that my therapist just kind of like things yeah. surrounding my grandpa's death that he was struggling with and I'd be like read this like that kind of thing and just mm-hmm. it honestly I think me going to therapy and seeing how well I was coping with things really helped him to be like okay like it can be better than this like I can get help. I don't yeah. need to just be like stuck and depressed I can get so he didn't go to therapy but I just forced a bunch of my therapy books and like yeah <laughs> and like cool I think that's so important too is just not even going to therapy when you know you have a problem where you when you have a problem because so many people are like I don't have I'm okay it's not that bad and I don't need therapy or something but I've realized it doesn't have to be anything you can go to therapy so that in your future you're ready for anything that life's going to throw at you and if you get in a relationship or a situation like this you'll be prepared because you know yourself and you know your boundaries and it's about learn. I think therapy is about learning about yourself and what you need and how you're you can better be for yourself it has nothing to do with anything else being self-aware and being more mindful like there's days where I wake up like now obviously I'm a huge hippie and I like meditate and everything but um and I do like my gratitude journal and my affirmations but like it's those things that sound so hippy dippy like they aren't they work like it's reprogramming your mind to get out of the negative and into the positive not toxic positivity like you don't need Mm -hmm. to shine a super ray of sunshine on everything but just some things to get yeah. you in a better mindset for your day. Like that, I think would have been helpful in like knowing my worth and that kind of thing, like going into this. Like it doesn't need to be a crisis. We really need to normalize therapy because so many people can benefit from it. And so many people, obviously, I feel like, especially in our generation, it's like on Instagram and on everything, like everyone goes to the gym and does this and eats healthy or whatever. And your brain needs to also be healthy. And I feel like 80% that's a number I'm making up, but like, it seems like 80% of our generation is not healthy in the brain, at least in some way. Like we all have issues. Well, their attachment style, they don't know their love language. Like in relationship, I didn't know my love language. I didn't know anything about that. So like, these are the things that I've kind of like taken upon myself to learn now that I have Mm -hmm. all, I just know myself better. And like, 
yeah you only accept the love that you feel you deserve so until you really know your worth and know your value and know like yourself Mm -hmm. you're gonna just take whatever's kind of thrown at you I feel at least for me yeah definitely for me (laughs) no a hundred percent I think that's for everyone I think that if you're if you grow up and you you're really taught that you're an amazing person and you love yourself and you do this and and you're confident because whether that's inherent or if it's something that you were taught it's it's so much easier for you to find a love and have the requited love that you need where as I have amazing family too and and they never did anything to make me think that I was unworthy but there were a lot of situations where I was just like again I wasn't in an, I wouldn't say I was in an abusive relationship I don't know maybe it was somewhat abusive but one of my exes like when we would fight I don't know it was just anger and and it just didn't make sense where it was coming from and I was pretty angry back at times so maybe he would say the same thing about me like it was just toxic And that's not something that anyone should ever accept no matter what, like no matter how bad of a person you may think you are, how unworthy you are never, ever should stay in a relationship. And like, I know one of your questions was like, what are your deal breakers now? And that's one of my things. Like someone gets defensive. I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. You need to be able to talk this through with me. You need, if I raise something that I need and you just get defensive and shut down and say like, no, you're crazy. What do you mean? Type thing. Like, no, I need you. Yeah. To, like, you need to be maturing. Yeah. And one of the best things you can say is like, okay, like I can see where you're coming from. Like I could see how you'd think that, like, how can I help type thing? Like it's acknowledge it. Just even if you need to take a, even if you find yourself getting defensive, you need to take a minute mm-hmm. to kind of get curious and think, why am I getting, cause I get defensive too. And I have to, I'm very self-aware. So I will be like, okay, what, what's triggering me right now? Hold on. Yeah, usually exactly. past trauma. It's usually like something yeah. else that's happened. That's nothing to do with this relationship, but you're just projecting your damage at someone else. <laughs> so like, it's very much like and- I'll get defensive about something like, why, why am I, where is this coming from? So take that break, get, get, you know what I mean? Like it's, I need someone mm-hmm. who can show up for me like that. I can't handle another just shut down. I think that comes with maturity though, too, because both of my last relationships, again, they were years ago, but it, they both did a lot of that. Like the defensiveness, if I was ever jealous of something or I was like, Oh, like that was kind of weird. They were like, you're fucking crazy. Like, what are you talking about? Like, okay, calm the fuck down and say, I think that you're wrong. Like you can even say that, like, I don't know, like the calm down, you're crazy, whatever. And dismissing it is just not helpful. Like what happened that triggered you? What can I do better? Like, and it doesn't need to be I've never had a relationship yeah, like that. Yeah, no, same. So Ever. Like, wait, what? At least now we know what we deserve. And we're not going to settle until we find that. Before I let you go, I do want to just ask my closing questions. The first one is, what is one thing that you wish people were more honest about? I wish people would be more honest about how they're doing. And instead of falling into that easy, everyday small talk, um, when someone asks, how are you doing? Just saying, oh, I'm good. I wish that we normalize more vulnerability because when you are in pain, it's extremely isolating and exhausting and you don't want to burden people with your mess instead of forcing everyone to kind of fake that smile and just say, yep, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm happy. I wish we didn't force people to feel like their mess was a burden to each other so that we could comfort and provide the help that they need. Yeah, I completely completely agree with that and I've actually noticed in some of my friendships that when someone's like hey how are you doing whatever and I'm not even honest with them and they're my friends so if I can't be honest with them how am I going to be honest with anyone else I think it is just kind of a lack of vulnerability and 
realness behind the question sometimes so that's definitely a good one um the second question is when was the last time that you had the sunday scaries and what do you think could help or did help them i haven't had it in a really long time actually i really do like my job but in my old job when it was tax season i would try so hard to take a full weekend off and then Sunday afternoon you just knew the pileup that was coming at you and don't really get them anymore thank goodness I'd more so just prep for the week so that I'm I can get ahead of it um and I know that if I meal prep and I go to bed early and I kind of get myself in that good headspace then I can really get ahead of it yeah I think I have to just get myself into more of a routine and and more disciplined on that and the next question is if you could do anything right now what would it be um the one thing I would do right now is a little insane but I would have kids I know I'm only 20 well 29 in a couple weeks but I I really do want kids badly and I know I'm likely going to have them alone. So I have a feeling that once my house is painted and I can safely be pregnant without having to do any renos, I will likely start looking at my options, which is a little insane, but I don't want to hold back on the life that I want. So yeah, that is what I would do. Oh my God. I had no idea that you were like thinking of that, but that's so amazing that you, I mean, if that's what you want and you're saying now that you're going to do that all on your own, that's incredible and I'm so excited for babies (laughs) we'll have to talk more about that offline but the last question is what is one thing that you're working on and one thing that you love about yourself I'm mostly working on not being so hard on myself and to feel things as they come up and work through them um, because I'm really good at distracting myself and putting off that healing and then I get really frustrated when my healing's not linear and I'm having a down day but I haven't worked on kind of clearing those triggers and making them less triggering for myself and I'm so kind and gentle and patient with everyone else but myself so I really get frustrated with myself when I'm having a down day so I'm just trying to be a lot more gentle and understanding of what I've been through and that it's not going to be linear and kind of taking all that advice that I'll give to other people and giving it to myself and listening to it what I love about myself So I love how caring and empathetic I am. Like helping people truly brings me joy. And I'm really grateful for everything I've been through um, and the work that I've had to do because I am able to be there for people and be a better friend and a better sister and a better daughter. And I really vowed to myself that I will be the friend you can call 5,000 times when you're going through a hard time or a breakup and like even when you think you're being annoying and repeating the same things and like you should just get over that guy. Like I, I want to be that friend that will always be there for everybody because I know how isolating it is and you're just just stuck in your own head and until you can say it out loud alleviate some of those stories you tell yourself that keep you in that space which only really happens when you talk to someone else and kind of it just helps you get out of your own head and I just want to be that friend for everyone so I'm happy that I really do enjoy helping people and that I've been through this experience so I can do that and that is exactly why I value our friendship from miles away not see each other for three years the simple messages and knowing that you are a good person who's there for people is what I think will help people who listen and will just bring you love in your life because you pour it out there. All right, thanks everyone for listening. I hope you all have a great week ahead and remember to rate, comment, or review Swiping Sunday so that I can make sure next episode is even better. Bye guys.